Thank you, Pastor John. Good morning, church. You can grab a seat. You're singing so lovely this morning. Thanks, team. You guys are also singing lovely and playing lovely as always. We have an awesome worship team, don't we? We're pretty, we are pretty blessed to have such a great team to be able to lead us into worship every week. Um, I am so honoured to be able to share with you this morning. Um, Pastor Bruce and Julie aren't here this morning. They're down at C3 Parkside. But I just wanted to take this opportunity to honour them this morning. Um, as John said, I am their PA. I've worked for Pastor Bruce and Julie for almost 10 years now. Um, and I'm in the unique position to see a bit behind the scenes. And I see how much they sacrifice for this house, for all of us sitting here, for this family. They sacrifice um, and go through a lot behind the scenes that other people would never see. And so I just want to honour them this morning because I wouldn't be who I am today without their leadership and input in my life. Um, they are awesome. We have awesome pastors. We're so blessed. Um, but I'm so excited to share with you this morning. Um, we have started a new Bible reading plan. You would see which for October we have a new theme. So it's based out of the book of Romans, which is an awesome book in the New Testament. Um, we are doing a little Bible plan for like eight days and then there's a couple other ones unpacking the whole book of Romans throughout the whole month of October. Um, and the theme for the month of October is look um, and look for patterns or look to patterns. And the book of Romans is basically a pattern for the Christian life. Um, the book of Romans is a letter from the Apostle Paul. He was going to travel to Rome and so he wrote a letter to them ahead of travelling there to say, you know, this is the good news that I'm bringing with me as I come to Rome to share it with you. Um, and so the start of Romans unpacks sort of uh, basically the condition of the human heart, that we are sinners, that we, um, we're all predisposed that way. We're born into sin because of Adam right at the start of creation. Um, that has then become the curse of humanity. We are born into sin and are by nature sinners. Um, I don't know about you, but one of my greatest fears in life, and I'll try not to look at the people that know me well, is I have a really big fear of letting people down. Um, that is something that I still battle with all of the time. Um, and that might be reflected in what John was saying before, that I put a lot of detail into things. But I'm not a perfectionist, but I do like to do things really well, and I do not like letting people down. The thing I've learned in my adult life is... Sometimes when you try not to let too many people down, you end up letting them down because you're just trying to do too much for everybody else and pleasing everyone and wanting to help everyone and do everything for everyone and then by nature you end up letting someone down because you forget that you said you'd do something or you can't be everywhere in one place. So I have learnt that that is not a good way to live in fear of letting others down because it's going to happen and it does happen. One of my close friends says that to me all the time. She says, you're going to let people down, but that's okay because as long as you know you're doing your best, that's all, you, that's all I can control. Um, and growing up as a Christian, I've been a part of this church family for over 20 years now since I was a little kid. Um, and so growing up through work and school, I, you might have come across this, but I always had those people in my life that treated me like I was, like, you're a Christian, you're a goody two-shoes, you don't do anything wrong. 
um, one of my old workplaces there, one of um, the ladies that I used to work with, she was a very passionate woman um, and when things didn't go her way or she got cross with someone, she got cross and quite verbally cross and she would swear and carry on and then she would look over at me and be like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, like I'd never heard it before, like, <laughs> that's okay. But um, yeah, she used to treat me like she couldn't say those things around me because she's like, oh, you're a Christian and you're good and you don't do these things, so... I'm sorry. And I'm like, well, thank you for acknowledging that. But um, it kind of, every now and again, was portrayed on me as if I was perfect and I didn't make mistakes. And um, I'm telling you, I do make mistakes. I will be the first to admit that. Um, but in Romans, Paul starts to unpack um, basically the difference between the law and living by the flesh and the spirit, which is what I am privileged to share with you about today. Um, but the law was you know, given to the followers of Jesus as instruction and good ways to live. Um, so you might have heard some of them from like, you know, the Ten Commandments is a really good example of the laws that were given and passed through Moses to God's people. Um, so like, don't lie, don't steal, love one another, don't be envious and jealous. Um, you know, they're not, they're not really over the top instructions that take a lot of energy, you know, don't steal. It's pretty easy to do. But even when God gave his people these instructions, they still uh, did the wrong thing. So in, back in his time, you had obviously like the Gentiles that didn't believe in God and so they didn't know the law and they just did what they felt like doing anyway. So for them, they weren't really doing wrong or right because they didn't have the instruction of what wrong or right really was. But then you also had God's people that followed him and they had the law and they had the instruction, but they still did the wrong thing. Who knows, we have laws in our country. Does it stop everyone from doing the wrong thing? No. Does the speed limit stop us from speeding? No. It's law and instruction, but we still, because we are humans and by nature we have sinful hearts, our human condition means that we are, we're going to break those laws. We're going to do the wrong thing. You know, don't lie. We've all probably said a white lie. I definitely have. I remember as a kid, I don't know if Emily or Callie remember this, can't even see Kelly I'm looking around for it. Um, but our grandma used to make peppermint slice and it was like biscuits with crushed up crown mints in it and it was rolled up and it was so delicious. But that meant she always had in her pantry a jar of crown mints. Um, and in my naive childlikeness, I don't know if Emily and Kelly did this too, but I used to sneak into her pantry and steal the crown mints because I loved them. And I used to take like... <laughs> Not just like one or two, but I would take like a whole handful of them and like pocket them and walk away as if I didn't think that grandma would notice that her jar of crown mints was slowly depleting. Um, but, you know, as my innocence of a child, like I just wanted a mint. Like I didn't necessarily think I was doing, well, like I knew I was doing the wrong thing by not asking, but, you know, you know, that, there's no harm by just taking a couple of crown mints out of the pantry. But even as a kid in my innocence where I wasn't trying to hurt someone, I was still doing the wrong thing like that is just the way we are as humans. Um, and so in Romans 7, 7, sorry, I didn't give this one to the guys at the back because I just added it last minute. Um, <laughs> but it says, what shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not know what sin was had it not been for the law. So the law is not bad. The law sets out the way for us to live. Um, but because we are of the flesh and we are humans, there we are going to do the wrong thing. So chapter 8 of Romans is one of my most favourite chapters because this is the good news that Christ brings us. Um, and it starts by saying, so Romans 8, 1 to 2, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus 
Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So that's basically the start of my message. You know, condemnation and consequence are different things. Um, if you break the law there is a, and get caught, if you break the speed limit and get caught, there is a consequence. Quite an expensive one. I haven't got one, just saying. Not, yeah. Not saying I haven't sped, I just haven't been caught before. <laughs> um, so there is a consequence to breaking the law like that. Or my grandma, if she had caught me, and she probably did at some point, I would have probably had a consequence like no more mint slice for the rest of the month or something. Um, but there is, there is no condemnation, which means there is no, like for us, with when we look at the law and what God's instructed us, there is no condemnation because... Um, Jesus died on the cross to rid us of that condemnation. So there is no eternal penalty for us because of that, which is awesome. Such a relief, I think. So if we read on in Romans 8, 3 to 4, it says, For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So in Romans 4, it tells us that we did not meet the righteous requirement of the law, but Jesus did that for us. And the requirement was met by Jesus for those that live according to the Spirit, which is great news because it means we don't have to do it all by ourselves, which I'm very grateful for. So I have four points this morning that I want to bring to you, and it is a little look further into this verse in this chapter in Romans, and it is how do we know if we are living in the Spirit? So there are four contrasts that the rest of this verse sets out for us, and they're just good, a good way and good instruction for us to be able to look at our lives, look at Scripture and say, you know, are we, are we succumbing to the flesh right now or are we putting our trust and we living by the Spirit? So the first uh, first contrast I guess you could say is in Romans 8 5 so those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires so the first one we have is the flesh versus the spirit so as humans we are born we are emotion driven well some more of us than others but I can certainly be driven by emotion sometimes. Um, and we, we're sense orientated. That's how we are as humans. So you might have seen on TV, I think it was a couple of years ago now, um, there was an ad for, um, it's for Nimble. It's a small loan company. And their catchphrase, <laughs> I had a laugh because Tegan brought up a few weeks ago in church the phrase, just send it, <laughs> which all the youthies say. And I had a laugh because their catchphrase is not that, but it's similar. It's just Nimble it. But just nimble it. But basically their whole advertising campaign was like, do you need $5,000 right now? Just nimble it. Like there was, I, I found it back on YouTube and I was just like, there's no rationale to why they were saying that. It was just like, do you need $5,000 now? Just nimble it. I'm like, as marketers, they are targeting the core of what drives us as human. We're like, yeah, I want that. Like, I don't have to save for something. I don't have to work hard for something. I can just nimble it and get it. And so marketing, and you'd see it in lots of other TV commercials, but like the core, like the way that they appeal to us as humans with an underlying message is why would you wait when you can have this or this will make your life better or this shiny new car will like turn heads when you drive down the street. And so as humans, we go, oh, I want those things. Um, so that is an example of living by the flesh. We would be driven by those things. We might seek pleasure and comfort in those things. But when we're living in the spirit... Oh, sorry, I didn't give you this one either, boys. 
Um, in Psalm 1, it says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on, on it day and night. So the contrast to the flesh and wanting things and living in the spirit is... Um, it doesn't mean we're separated from the natural world because we still need a car to get places and it's okay to have a nice one. And we still need to eat food to survive so it's okay to enjoy a nice burger from McDonald's if that's really what you want. It might not do the best for you but (laughs) there is a consequence to eating McDonald's um, and it ends up on your hips or your stomach. But um, there's nothing wrong with going out and getting a nice car to serve a purpose for you or to eat a nice meal But the comfort and the pleasure that we might have once sought in those things, when we're living by the Spirit, that comfort and that pleasure and that satisfaction actually comes from God and it comes from meditating on His Word. It comes from worshipping Him. It comes from spending time in His presence where we might have once been stressed and we relied on going having a drink with friends and relying on alcohol. We're actually going to God and saying, God, I'm stressed, fill me. And that's where we seek our comfort from. So that's the first one, flesh versus spirit. The second one we read on in Romans 8, 6, it says the mind is governed by, sorry, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So the second contrast we have is death versus life. Um, We are humans, spoiler alert, one day we will pass away. That is our mortal bodies that we live in. For some of us, it will be could be earlier, some of us later, but our bodies were not designed to last forever. We have a lifespan. Um, There is a finite end to our lives. And so if we look at the example, if you've ever been to a gym or even seen on a movie or you probably can just picture this kind of person because you probably walked past someone in the street, but that kind of guy that goes, it could be a girl, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, a person that goes to the gym that all they do is they pump iron day in, day out, two and a half hours every day so that they can have the biggest muscles, so that they can feel really satisfied in themselves, so that they can be fit and strong. And it's kind of funny sometimes because sometimes they actually struggle to do simple things because their muscles are so big that they get in the way. But they are going to the gym and they're serving their body. They're not letting their body serve them and another purpose. One day they're going to get to an age where their body breaks down and falls apart and all of that time and energy and effort that they put into building that body is going to be null and void because they won't be able to walk. They need a walker or they won't be able to lift anything because they've done their back in. might be because injury prior, but even just as an older person, they will get to a point where what once satisfied them by doing all of that exercise, their body is not going to serve that purpose for them anymore. And so the identity that they put in that is no longer going to be, like, exist because they just, you know, their body just won't work the same way. The contrast of that is life is can we do the same natural things? So there's nothing that is really good to keep fit and be in shape. But can we do those natural things with an eternal mindset? Maybe we're going to the gym to stay fit and healthy and we're exercising so that we can be a good mum or a dad, so we can run around the oval with our kids, we can pick them up, we can help our friends move house because you need lots of extra muscle to do that. We're fit and healthy so that we are, you know, when you exercise and you're stressed, it releases all those good endorphins and you feel happy, which means that if you go home, you might be happy and joyful to your family instead of really grumpy and stressed with them. So maybe you're going to the gym and 
there's a person there that needs to meet Jesus. And so if you're going to the gym, not to focus on yourself, but to just be there, maybe there's someone there that who needs to find their identity in Christ. And maybe you can help with that. And that's an eternal mindset because there's fruit outside of this earth, um, out of this world for that. Maybe you work in a job that is literally just paying the bills, like you hate it and you just rock up every day because you need it to pay the bills. I did a three-year job and I loved the people that I worked with, but I, it was for me it was a gap filler type job because I needed work and an opportunity came along. Um, but I look back on that opportunity now and there was some challenging people to work with and I just kind of didn't spend much energy trying to speak into their lives or because... They scared me and they were mean and I was just like, oh, I've got to hide over here and just do my work. But I look back now, I thought, well, maybe they needed to meet Jesus and maybe that was why God placed me in that workplace. Even though he knew I needed work, maybe he went, well, instead of that crappy job over there, I'll give you this crappy job because there's someone there that you can change their life. That's the eternal sort of mindset that we're thinking about here. Uh, the third one is uh, in Romans 8, 7. So the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So the third point is, are we at war with God or are we at peace with God? So war being the flesh, peace being the spirit. Um, if we don't submit ourselves to God's guidance, it's really hard for him to guide us down a path in his will if he's going like, yeah, come over here. And he's not like dictating us because he's given us free will and choice. So it's like, you know, this is the direction I want for you. And you're like, no, nah, I'm going this way. Go away. You know, we might not necessarily be bad, but and the thing we're doing might not be bad, but we're not in sync with him and we're not at peace with what he wants for us. I kind of think of it like a glove. So if you, like our hand is our hand and we can do what we want with it, but if we are in connection with God, his spirit is kind of like a glove that covers that and they work in sync and harmony together. You know, the glove's not trying to pull the hand in a different direction. It's working in sync together um, and ultimately the glove is actually protecting the hand and guiding the hand. So God is like a glove. You know, we're working with him. He's letting us have free will but he's guiding and protecting us in that journey. So when we have the spirit instead of the flesh, we have a connection point with God. Not, as I said, not him dictating us and controlling us, but a peaceful one where he's guiding us. You know, we don't have to perform when we're in a relationship like that with God, when we're living by the spirit, because we know that we're doing his will. If we live in hostility with God, so in the flesh, he can't guide our path for his glory. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that what we're doing on this earth is bad or wrong, but we're not able to glorify his name through it because we're not letting him guide our path. And the last one is in Romans 8, 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. In the flesh, we do not have the ability to please God. So we are looking, the flesh comparison here is pleasing self or man. The spirit is pleasing God. In Galatians 1.10, it says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So it's pretty clear in that verse that if we're trying to please man or we're trying to please ourselves, we're not serving Christ which is like I read that and I was like, whew, because as I said, I, like me getting caught up in the fear of letting people down is serving man. It's getting caught up and worried about what they might think of me 
rather than worrying and putting my attention and focus in what God thinks of me. So in the flesh, there is no other option to, to us. We, we are the flesh. We're natural and we're limited. So everything comes back to us. If we succeed, it's, it's about us. Like we did it, we succeed. But people are going to get sick of us pointing like pointing people to ourselves when we're like, I did this awesome thing, look at me. I did this awesome thing, look at me. Like people are going to get sick of that because one, it'll either make them feel bad or two, it doesn't help serve the spirit. Um, When you fail, it's also about you. Like, you know, that's where the buck stops. If we're living in the flesh, everything we do, good or bad, stops with us, which I don't know, I think that's kind of depressing because why live in that option when... If we live in the spirit, if we succeed, it's God's glory and it points people to him. And when we fail, we have an advocate. So like how reassuring for someone like me who is so worried about failing that I know that when I do, I'm not doomed. I have an advocate to stand in that gap for me. And, you know, even when we suffer um, and are going through something, God is still moving through that so that he can be glorified. He's not going to leave us in that suffering and leave us alone like we would be if we were in the flesh. He's actually guiding us through that. In Romans 8:28 it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So, I just love that when we are living in the spirit, we succeed it's his glory. When we fail, we have an advocate. So in Hebrews 11:6 it says, without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we don't have to perform to please God. We just have to have faith. So those four contrasts that we just looked at, so flesh, I want to remind myself or I will mess them up. Flesh versus spirit was the first one. Death versus life, war with God, peace with God, or pleasing self or pleasing God. So they are the four ways to kind of check ourselves to say, are we living by the flesh or are we living by the spirit? But They're kind of just instructions and without actually having the spirit in us, we can't even live by the spirit because we're still trying to do it by ourselves. And that is where the rest of this Romans chapter comes in, which I'm going to read to you now. So Romans 8, 9 to 13. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, then they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the mind-seeds, misdeeds of the body, you will live. How great is that news for us? You know, we do not have an obligation to the flesh to live by it. The flesh is not a thing other than that earthly satisfaction that can reward us for... Like, we, the flesh isn't a thing that we can serve in terms of the fact that it is a power that then can give back. Like, that we can serve the flesh, but it's... Death, as we said, there is no reward to that. There is no eternal reward. But we do have an obligation to live by the Spirit, for it's the Spirit who convicted us. It's the Spirit who revealed Christ to us and has imparted eternal life to us. 
So as it said back there in um, Romans, I just have to find it. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. And that's like a hard truth, but when we realize that we are living but in the flesh and serving the flesh, we can't be living for God and serving God and doing both at once. It's just not possible. So as I said, the way that we live by the Spirit, the good news is, is that we, as I said, don't have to perform. We don't have to do anything in particular. We have to have faith. And what are we having faith in? We are having faith that when we, are, we choose to believe in God, we are adopted into his family. Not as like an infant who has no say, not to be controlled, but as an adult who can be walk and led, led by his spirit. The adopted child of God can be connected to him with peace, not hostility. The spirit will empower us. The spirit will help us overcome the flesh. It will help us find purpose in life, the eternal purposes, not the death ones. And the Spirit will lead him in the will of God and let him be led by the hand of God. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, actually I might just invite the band to come up if I can. Because this is the bit that I, those instructions are really good tools to have in your life. But this is the bit that I want you to take home with you this morning. Because this is the bit that transforms. Those other things is, are good information. But without the Spirit, we can't be transformed. We can't be led by God if we don't have Jesus, if we don't have a relationship, if we don't have the Spirit in us. So in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he who made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus became what we were so that we could become what he is. And it's the Spirit in us that allows us to fulfill that righteous requirement that we couldn't do by just obeying the law. When we trust and we have faith that Jesus' death and resurrection was for you, was for me, we're given a new status. We're forgiven and we're made right with God. We're placed in a new family and we're given a new future. We have the hope of a transformed life. That's my invitation to you this morning. You know, even for myself as someone who's been in church for 20 years, I still have to check myself sometimes and go, I'm living by the flesh. I'm doing this all by myself. Why am I doing this when all I need to do is call out to my Lord Jesus and ask for His Spirit to fill me again? You know, we have our moment of salvation if you've already given your life to Jesus. That salvation can't be taken from you, but we can forget about it sometimes. And we can, if, especially if it was many years ago, we can just go, well, yeah, I know I'm right with God because I've accepted Jesus. But then you kind of don't turn your back on Him, but you just try and walk your own path because you feel like you have to measure up. As I was worshipping before, I felt like someone needed to hear this morning, you are enough. There's someone here that needs to hear that this morning because no matter what you're trying to do in your flesh, you don't need to because God has said that you are enough. I just invite you to close your eyes this morning and just look away from the things that might be distracting you. Forget about the worries of the week and other things that might be going on in your life for just, just a moment. 
we thank you, Lord Jesus, that even though we know that our salvation has made us right with you, we ask you to remind us what that first, that first love feeling is. And if you're sitting here this morning and you haven't had that moment, you haven't decided to walk hand in hand with Jesus, you haven't asked for His help to guide you with His Spirit, I just want to give you a moment. I don't want to assume anything of even the people I know here. I just want to give you a moment to ask yourself, am I doing this by my strength? Or am I doing it by His. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ to know that, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to meet Him because His Spirit will transform your life. His Spirit makes you enough in the eyes of God. You don't have to strive anymore. You don't have to wonder whether God loves you, whether He'll forgive you because He says that He has. You just have to step out in faith this morning and say, I want to live by your power, Jesus. I want to live in relationship with you. So if that's you this morning for the first time or if you did it many years ago and you've just forgotten what that love of Christ feels like in your life, I want you to just put your hand up. No one else is watching, just me. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're sitting here this morning and you've just, you know that, you know this stuff, you know that God has made you right. You know that you don't have to strive, but you have been anyway. Just take a moment in your spirit and I'll pray with you afterwards if you like. Just take a moment to say, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry that I've been trying to do this by myself. I'm sorry that I've been trying to please man. I'm sorry that I've been living in hostility towards you. I'm sorry that I've been focusing on things that do not have an eternal purpose. And just know that with that faith of what Jesus has done for you, that you can be filled with the Spirit afresh and you don't have to strive anymore. Jesus, I just pray for every person in this room and everyone watching online right now, Lord Jesus. I thank You that they are enough. I thank You that they please You when they worship You and when they surrender to You, Lord Jesus. I ask that You pour out Your Spirit afresh on everyone here this morning so that they may remember what it is to live by the Spirit and to not be overcome by the flesh. As I said, if that was you earlier and you, for any of those things and you would love someone to pray for you, I can't lay hands on you at the moment just being COVID safe, but I'd love to be able to pray with you this morning or one of our pastors would happily pray with you as well. But I hope that from what I've shared this morning, you can take that into your week and you can remember that we, you are enough. I just want to say that again because I, I really feel like someone needs to hear that this morning. And I'm looking around just so if it is you, you can feel like I'm saying it to you. But you are enough and God loves you. Amen.